right, Pratik, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've um, known you for years now, so I really appreciate your words and uh, the pearls of wisdom. Uh, for the listeners, maybe why don't you just give a little background, maybe like um, origin story. How did you start? Like maybe uh, what was your what's your first memory with the Internet? Uh, maybe that's a way to start. <laughs> that's great. Hey, good morning, Hamilton. And thank you for uh, inviting me here to speak with you. Um, my first memory of the Internet, uh, this was uh, back in... 1997 and so I was still back in India so I'm originally from India and in 1997 or maybe 1996 uh, my father bought the first computer at my house and I remember uh, my mom and uh, my brother and I we were completely uh, opposed to it because we thought it of it as an expense that we did not need to do because <laughs> computers were expensive it was very then. expensive still yeah, expensive now expensive. but even back then it was yeah. probably even more expensive absolutely and in India you know when you're looking so um, but my father, I'm very grateful uh, where every, you know, he's a, he is a true techie. He would want the latest gadgets, uh, the latest Nokia phones at the time, and he would spend money on things that um, uh, we thought were unnecessary. But we would always be the ones using it all the time after he bought them, you know. So even his phones, we would play, it all, play on it all the time and use them all the time. And so this computer was br- brought in the house and his thing was that it is, for the internet, it was new at the time, uh, in India at least, relatively, and uh, so we had a dial-up modem and we connected to the internet and it was primarily, again, me and my brother using it all the time and that's how we got hooked to really understanding the other side of the world and I got interested uh, in learning more. I've always been passionate about learning, but I think a lot of what my uh, parents supported us with, you know, our job when we were growing up was just to study Study. and play. Uh, We had, uh, we didn't have to worry about anything else uh, and so that was a big part of it you know that we just start figuring out just constant having that hunger of learning and uh, then uh, 1999 to 2003 I did my engineering in India and then I decided to do my masters and that's what brought me to the US so I've been here about 16 years did you start with websites or do you remember your first website that you ever made um, I did start with websites. Uh, this was again, uh, if you're going back to again, when my the first computer days, uh, it was just, you know, as I was learning, I learned HTML. And there was this website, it still exists, it's called w3schools.com. <laughs> this was my first foray into learning uh, web development. And I learned HTML there and started building some, you know, very clunky websites to begin with. And then uh, when I came here, I started doing, uh, so I have, an, uh, I have a bachelor's in computer science. So a lot of uh, uh, shift started happening towards more on the software development side and programming. And so more than design, I focused more on the development. And so a lot of programming uh, logic and getting really trained in engineering practices was my passion in the engineering days. And, and then that fed into the master's program. I did my master's in computer science at Old Dominion University. So that's what brought me here. Uh, and along the way, just always, I would find, in addition to, I was taking a lot of different courses, I was working, trying to make ends meet as I was uh, in the US, and, but I would always find time to constantly learn programming mm-hmm. and practice it. And so opportunities just started lining up after that as I found some, uh, an internship that turned into a job, um, and very, very grateful to that. And I, I think till day, that learning hasn't stopped. I constantly am trying to find time to learn different things. Now, I don't do programming anymore, uh, but it's been a very different set of learning. What's the, um, I'm kind of interested from an undergrad perspective and a graduate perspective on computer science 
um, when you were in the program there. What what are some of the differences, I guess? Like, what did you learn maybe at the master level that maybe they don't teach at the undergrad, undergrad level? level? Like, yeah. Is it just is it a deep dive where you're going into something really uh, specific, like SQL database or, or just something like? What, yeah. What's that look like? Yeah. So I think uh, for me, I think the high the education. And especially from bachelor's to master's, right? And so let me take you a little bit before even the bachelor's. So my entry into software development started with a uh, uh, tutor in India. We would go to him in summer months to learn programming. Mm. And the first two months of when I went there, we did not see a computer. Hmm. We would just sit with a notebook and a pencil. And it is very unconventional until date, I have never forgot, forgotten what that start that I was given. And it was so, we were five of us in the group. It was not a big team, big, big group of kids that he would teach at the same time. And this tutor was truly passionate about efficiency. And that's what he rubbed on to us, right? Mm. And so we would sit there and he would say, okay, take, these, take this problem and draw me a flowchart or in simple terms, just give me the steps on how you would solve it. And so we would sit there just with a pen and pencil, uh, or pencil and a paper, and we would just try and solve this on paper. So we solved it on paper and we said, okay, this is now solved. We would go to him excited, hey, this is done. He would look at it and I can still see his face and just smiling <laughs> at me and saying, okay, this is good, you can do better. Mm. And he would just turn this thing back to us and we were like, I just spent an hour looking at this thing, you know, really sweating on it and just like figuring it out. And all I got was, hey, good job, but you can do better. I never was seeing computers. So we were almost giving up on it. We were ready to give up. Like we would go home and tell our parents that he, he's teaching programming, but he's not given us a computer. And so, but I'm, I'm so glad we stuck with it because what we found was that he was basically giving us the engineering practices even before I became an engineer. And that's what was, I think the tutor, that one tutor, in those summer months had the biggest impact in my wow. life because uh, till date, I haven't forgotten what he did for us. We, we understood that there is to a problem, you can solve it in many ways. There are good ways, but there are better ways and there are some very, very efficient ways. And he constantly pushed us to get to the best. And that I think was a drive that I never forgot as I now entered into my bachelor's program. See, I was academically very strong. But in India, the concept of education is different. You know, it's not, a lot of us are not taught to think outside of the box. It's a given curriculum, a given program, and you learn that and you go out, give the exams. And if you have great memory, which I do have, uh, you can do pretty you well. Excel. Yep. Yeah. But uh, so the bachelor's program, uh, having this notion of like learning and trying to figure out the best ways on what you can do was the best part. Because then I entered my bachelor's program, my friends would find ways, you know, I was constantly figuring out again, things to do better. And then masters, going back to your question now, I think um, it opens up a very different horizon for you. Uh, again, if you have that mindset. I was taught a certain way in bachelors in India, a certain program. Again, the batch I was with, very, very bright kids in the batch. So we were constantly competing. That notion of competition was always there, trying to be best always there, come up with the best solution was always there. When I came here and I saw a different world and I saw in the master's program, uh, nobody, it's really, I think the big difference was the curriculum is you pick the curriculum. You know, it's kind of, there are coursework, but you can still pick the electives and you can 
uh, go deep as much as you want to. The projects are kind of given to you and said, do what you want to do with them. I got it. And I think that started this whole next piece of, okay, I know how to do them in a discipline, like in a regimented way, but now I can be more creative. And those two years of creativity, and, and I think I, I really got lucky with my, with the profession, like with the job I found that also bolstered that further for me. And uh, so that was, I think, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of that learning. And, and that's, I think, I'm very, very grateful for. More than every, anything else I've accomplished, I think that drive for learning, I think, is my biggest, uh, is the biggest contributor to what well, I do every day. What was your first job, I guess, out of undergrad? And, and kind of, what were you doing? Out of undergrad? So, uh, yeah, so never worked during my undergrad years. Uh, my parents paid for everything. And uh, after I completed my engineering bachelor's, I decided to do the next steps on my own. And so I was 22 years old and I said, okay, I'm gonna try and go across the world, do my master's. So I took a $10,000 loan from uh, my father's bank. He was a banker, he's retired now, but uh, getting the loan was easy because he signed the dotted line and said, okay, <laughs> my son will pay this loan back. And so I took $10,000, I paid $1,500 in a flight to the US. And the remaining money pretty much went in my tuition for the first semester because it was out of state. I actually ended up going to Texas Tech University Texas Tech. in Lubbock. Yeah, so that was my first foray into US. And uh, my first job, because I knew very quickly that I had to figure out, I had to get a job, which I'd never had a job in India. So my first job, and not many people know this, uh, so I'm going to just disclose this out here for yeah, you on the podcast. Something yeah. here on the Hamilton um, Perkins Collections some, podcast. All right. Yeah, some very, very close people to me like know this, that I was working, I, the first job I found was uh, working in a dorm uh, in Texas Tech. And uh, so working in a dorm there, I would at 5.30 get up, put a monkey cap on, and get my, take my bike, go to the dorm. And my job was to um, fill a huge bucket uh, or a trolley with ice from the ice machine. Yes. Bring it out and put it into the soda machine. Got and it. my height, you know, I'm I'm five five, so it's not, you know, built really for that job. And my physique is not built <laughs> for that job. But I, I knew, you know, that is, the that is how I started. Yeah, what you had and, to do. And you know, had to fill buckets of ice and get up on a ladder and put it into the soda machine. And uh, that's uh, that. I did that for a few months. Did some odd jobs here and there. Um, was able to figure out not to, not to, how to not call back home. Mm -hmm. But then I also uh, realized that I need to do something bigger than this to, to kind of uh, make a mark. And so uh, ended up actually, uh, my brother was doing his undergrad here at ODU, my younger brother. And so that's the only family I had. So moved from Texas Tech, which there was nobody there. Um, again, the good part was even though with all everything else, I maintained my grades. I was an uh, A student throughout 4.0 GPA. And so I took a transfer to ODU started figuring out how to get scholarships, started figuring out research assistant path, and uh, uh, did, did not call back home. <laughs> so that, for more, asking for more money, you know. So. so that opened up doors for you, your education, clearly you're brilliant, you know, 4.0, um, you know, you're figuring out how to go to a new country and make things happen. So once you get to ODU, kind of what timeline is this, and uh, what was your next like thing you were doing professionally? Like, did you jump right into starting TechArc, or did you take time to work at like another shop? How did you kind of you know progress? Yeah, that's a great question. A very very good question. So, TechArc, no, uh, it did not start immediately. In fact, uh, see, my father worked for the same bank thirty plus years. So all I knew was service. Never was I. Never thought of me as an entrepreneur. Uh, I never was an entrepreneur. 
2003 is when I came to the US, 2005 is when I got married, and uh, that's around the time I found my first job. And uh, I ended up actually working for that company for 10 years. So I, was, I started with them as an intern, turned into a full-time job, I was the eighth hire with this company, mm. and the company grew very rapidly. And I figured out, again, that learning part, I, would call, I was working 16, 17 hours days, just again, working in my office and then coming home and learning how to give back to this company because it was growing so fast, right? How to keep up with it. And uh, I did that, so I ended up growing through the ranks and I became a chief technology officer for the business. We grew from eight people to 100 plus people, but I was still in that service mindset, you know, trying to do that. I had a lot of freedom, a lot of empowerment given to me. So that was one of the best parts of this job that taught me, so scaling up, Work, building a great team, uh, still learning that passion for learning because the, the business almost pushed me to learn were things that were kind of getting inculcated for me, but still the passion for entrepreneurism was, wasn't there. And so what happened is my wife, she comes from a business family and she is really the biggest motivator on that part. She's the biggest factor that around 2008, 2009, Tech Arc was, so she, that, that is why even the name Tech Arc I'm the tech guy. My wife is an architect. Ah. So we did tech and arc. Break it down. That's man. how we built tech arc. I like it. And uh, the very, so we actually formed the company in 2012. But four years prior to that, we were at the dinner table. We were just constantly figuring out what is the next path going to be. Yep. I started building my mobile apps. And um, even when in 2014, I left my job to start working on tech arc full time. Uh, she was the biggest factor again that, uh, you know, every night at the dinner table, I was asking her that, should I do this? Should I not? You know, should I leave my job? And uh, one day she pretty much said, you're not never going to do it. Uh, <laughs> and so she challenged me. And uh, that was a big game changer when, you know, that discussion happened. And she said, uh, I don't think you have it. You know, you're not going to do it. <laughs> and the next day I resigned. And uh, what was the company the doing that you worked at? What type? Like, was yeah. it a was it an app development company or no. what was it? So the company's name is Require. The company I worked for ten years. Uh, it's um, uh, it still has done wonderful. Uh, it has been sold twice, but the business focuses on real estate uh, technologies. Got it. And so it's very specific to real estate. Um, it the idea again uh, and what we are doing at TechArc. You know, we um, so. In the world of Require, the business, the industry was real estate, but we applied technology quite a bit across the entire, from sales to marketing, to finance, to operations. Our goal was to make everything efficient, to make sure that we don't, we can keep the costs low. And that's what started the journey for TechArc, that as I started looking at TechArc and I said, can I do this for other industries? And can this be repeated with um, other industries and that's what has led to the growth of TechArc and how we've grown and we've now worked with hundreds of businesses across all sorts of industries. You can, you know, from legal to finance to healthcare to real estate. Um, and everywhere we go in, with, we can help you increase your revenue, we can help you decrease your costs. And those are really, if you look back at it, those are really the two big things for any business, yep. any type of business. You increase your revenue, decrease your costs. It's funny that, how far we get away from that too. We, we think right. about like, articles and press or different things that don't really like drive either revenue or reduce costs. So it, it's yeah. a, it's interesting that you would bring that up. Yeah. So I got to take you back to early tech art days. What are, I mean, what, what do you do first? I mean, you're at the dinner table, you know, you're coming up with a plan strategy, you're kicking it into gear, you know, your wife's, you know, she's putting the battery in your back <laughs> yes. and, and tell you to get out there and do it. Um, 
how do you get the first client or how do you sort of generate the first contract? What was like, yeah. how did you start it up? Yeah, again, great question. So 2012 is when the early beginnings of Tech are. So yeah, actually before that, I started building my own apps. So before I brought on clients, I was learning new things. I wanted to test out the concept with different industries. And so I would come up with apps. My wife came up with an idea called DressPal. And so this is around the time when iPhone came out and Android phones were coming out. And her idea was, she would always ask me, did I wear this dress when we went to meet these people or when we went to this event? And so last year at this event, did I wear this? So she, she didn't want to repeat that, that pair of clothing. And so I would always tell her like, hey, I don't remember, I have no idea. And so she said, you should build an app for that. And so I built a simple app. I said, you could take a picture, you could buy people, buy event, buy date, track what you wore. And this app was very successful. And we then built an app for called Mood Swing, where you can track emotions. So anytime how you're feeling, you can track it on the phone very, very quickly. And we built all these, you know, almost 40 some expressions, uh, which now, you know, stickers and things that you see nowadays, we built this back in 2009, 10 timeframe. And so that started this whole idea of, I can build these things. And uh, it was my creativity kind of feeding through and, and showing up through these apps. And so, then the question came about, okay, how do you make it economical? And like, it wasn't making anywhere close to the money I was making in my day job. And so as I started looking at TechArc and we started, we formed the company in 2012, we started looking at, okay, how can we focus on, again, bringing that service aspect of what I had done for many such customers. So I started meeting along with my day job. First two years of TechArc were com was a complete slog, you know, just 18 hour days. My wife left her job to allow me to do what I did. Uh, she had a very you know, full-time job. She was working as an architect for a very uh, prominent firm. Mm -hmm. And uh, our first son was born in 2008. So a lot of things moving in 2013. My second son was born. And both the times, you know, if I did not have that support at my house with my wife supporting what I did, there's no way what I would have accomplished, we could have accomplished. So there's a, there's a lot of times, you know, those sacrifices get lost in what you kind of achieve. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, again, there are things I'll go into uh, if you have time that what, you know, she's been able to do over the years as well. But the first years of TechArc, you know, I would meet at uh, lunches and coffees, meet new people. So that was one thing I learned very early on. So I never went to school, you know, apart from doing my master's, I did not really know a lot of people here. And so building and I had a genuine interest in connecting with people and knowing their problems. And that led me to First initial, I just started meeting people, start, people started connecting me very early on social media. And so I would meet people, they would tell me their problems, I would tell them, hey, I can solve them and here's what it would cost. In the early days, it was very, very cheap. And people started trusting me, they gave me work. I then started building a team. So I could do, I did a lot of the work myself and then I started delegating and training my team members. And uh, in the last, uh, so I did that for two years. Then I left my full-time job. You did the work for two years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done this now for seven years. Yeah. You never. I mean, you have your own business. You never. If you have the business, you never stop working. That's right. But uh, the first two years was along with my day job, so eighteen-hour days, and then in two thousand fourteen, I continued that time that stuff. But now I was working full-time in the business, and uh, started building a very good team, and that's what really has led to the growth of TechArc. And so, kind of looking at the business development side of it. It was networking in those first couple of years, Absolutely. basically, excuse me, making a, a genuine connection with a client, you know, getting them to, I guess, you know, really just hire you for the, for the project. And then, you know, building on top of that where you're, you're making the 
you're making the thing happen, but then you figure it out. Like I got to outsource some of this or a lot of this, yeah. And I can focus on, you know, bringing in the new clients type of thing. Correct. Um, so maybe talk about maybe the transition from full time to or part time to full time. What is the? How does your day change now that you have that extra block, that yeah. extra eight hours a day? How do you use that eight hours to yeah. advance tech art? Are you doing more? just literally more door knocking in that time frame or are you strategizing yeah. uh, content or more apps where you can make those and maybe that attracts a certain type of yeah. uh, you know client how do you think about um, I guess what you did in those very first maybe let's say like the first 90 days when you were full-time what, what did yeah. that look, look like um, I think so the first 90 days and like so 2014 the first 90 days would be uh, so as you start the business and you go into full time, you're wearing pretty much all the hats. So I was the customer service to operations, to sales, to marketing, to finance, everything. HR, there was really not much drama going on with HR. You know, we have a very small team. But I started hiring team members and uh, I started finding talent that I could delegate these hats. It happens over time. So you carry the load for quite a few, you know, several months, sometimes even years. But as I found the individuals that, would, that I could trust and that trust got established and I could see that they, they always challenged myself, I challenged my team to do better, to be, again, that, you know, starting that notion of like, be the best. Yep. Always figure out the next efficient thing on how you can solve, like going back to all these years. So the... From the beginning, I think the big part was that I started that learning. I had very clear in my head that if I just continued to be the programmer and building these things, then I could never scale my company. It was very clear from the beginning. And a lot of that kind of came about because I started surrounding myself with entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So there are organization groups. There were meetups happening at the time. If you remember, there was a concept of like there's a if, uh, VR Titans. There was a company that was starting these events. I would come to those events, surround myself with entrepreneurs. Um, uh, entrepreneurs organization uh, that has, has had a huge impact on mm. what I've done because this, this is a group of very established entrepreneurs and so I could not join them there's a qualifying criteria okay you have to be a certain revenue yep. and uh, I could not join them as a member and a fee there's a nice there's fee a fee there as well yeah right? yeah but it was completely <laughs> worth it you know that oh, yeah. fee so yeah. what I did is I actually uh, joined them as a sponsor ah, so I sponsored I, like I joined them as a strategic alliance partner is what they call it and I would go to every event because I was so hungry to learn. And automatically the networking started happening. People would look at me and they saw me again and again. And one of them came, it was just one, it just takes one. All it, it takes is one. Yeah, it came, somebody came and said, hey, you can help me with my website? And I said, yes, I can do that. Turn it around, I was doing a lot of the work. I started getting my team trained. They were doing the work. We did a great job, did, you know, delivered to this one client. And the one client, uh, now again, I had a book of business by the time already, but when you start in these networking groups, that one person then meets other people, somebody else says, I have this need, hey, go talk to Pratik, yes. go talk to Techart. Yes. And so the business, so very early on, I knew how to not be uh, tied to all these hats and start delegating. And a lot of this learning happened through chapters like Entrepreneurs Organization that, that teach you how to scale your business. And so... We've now gone from five of us in 2014 to 15 to 25 to 35 to now 80 people in 2019, 2020 now. And uh, the team, I have a great leadership team. We put a structure in place. 
operations, finance, um, all the customer service stuff, everything else is pretty much delegated. So even at this time when we are doing this podcast, my team is meeting between the team in India I have and the team in the US. They're meeting, uh, uh, they do this Monday meeting that uh, they talk about all the projects. And for the last two years, I haven't had to go to that project meeting. Interesting. They work on all the projects. My job is primarily focused on the sales, biz dev, um, and a lot around strategizing. So going back to your question, um, the good part is I've done it. I've done all these things, but I found the people that I trust and they are now uh, carrying the baton. And I am figuring out, so in the last couple of years, what I've realized is time. Time is the biggest asset I have. And I have really, really worked hard to capitalize on my time. And every, so going back to that, how can I learn? How can I find time to think? How can I strategize? How can I still meet people? That has been my journey. That has been my next challenge. So I've gone from a technology guy, you know, an engineer to, you know, uh, a, a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm hesitating because there is still more to be done. No, it's a good. It's you know, good we've to done well. We've done know, well for the business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now also realizing, you know, certain balance that I needed to bring to my family, certain balance that I needed uh, to bring for personally for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's been the journey I've been on for the last two years. Okay, so that's a very interesting point, and I think, I don't know if it's visible to maybe someone that doesn't own a company or hasn't maybe been close to operating a company, but that moment where you have your time to focus on the big picture and you're not actually operating on every single aspect of the company. Yes. um, Maybe, why don't you talk about like, Talk about why that is such a good thing and why that is um, a, a benefit to, you know, when you reach that level. I mean, I consider that a success level, um, and I'm sure a lot of other people consider that a success level. But also maybe talk about some of the challenges that, like the new challenges within that, um, within that space when you do get there. Because when you're there, now you, you, you're out of the operating model to some degree but now you know you are kind of tasked with sort of relationship management high level strategy thinking coming up with ideas being creative to bring in more business maybe talk about like what are some of the challenges now that you're there you're at you're kind of at the top of the mountain mountain what what are the challenges with being at the top of the mountain um so i wouldn't necessarily say i'm at the top of the mountain uh but I think uh, I, I see where you're going with that, and I think the um, having done the having been in the trenches and working in the operations side, and really having that mindset of it starts first of all having the great people that you need to surround yourself with in your team that would take on and understand the purpose and the mission of the company, and truly take care of you know what how I started the business, making sure every customer is taken care of. So even as you look at our reviews that we've earned online you will find the goal for the last three, four years has been how to make Techar much bigger than Pratik, right? So you will find now Joel mentioned in the reviews, Michael mentioned in the reviews, Akruti mentioned in the reviews, and that is the team that I've built, Darnley mentioned in the reviews. And so these are people that I've, I have, and that's the more fulfilling part of, as you start, these, this team almost kind of starts challenging you, just like you challenge them, they start challenging you to become a better manager, to become a better leader. That's how I've looked at it, that 
this, what I'm building is not just, you know, it is, it always goes two ways. And what I'm getting back in return is making me a better person because now I have to, you know, work with different people with different skill set and different characteristics and manage that. Uh, and then in terms of leadership, you know, um, there's a lot of different qualities and things you learn along the way. But I think going back, the, the part of, as you start finding that time and you start going, so a lot of people get stuck into the day-to-day, -day, the minutia, and they never, I mean, and again, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It is just your personality and what your goal is, right? My goal always was, I want to take TechArc and make it into a business that can flourish, but also, uh, you know, have a big impact on the 300 people now I have, like, you know, 80 team members, their families, a big impact on the community, hundreds of businesses that we've been able to now serve. Just imagine the impact of what we've done in the last five years, right? Yes. That alone is a big driver for why my teams, you know, day in, day out, they are taking care of the customers. But as you find time for yourself and you've kind of created that gap, there are days and weeks when you're kind of saying, okay, there's this vacuum, you know, because you're used to doing something that has now been taken away. You've given it to somebody else. And you're like, okay, what, do I, what am I supposed to do now? And so you run into that. I think every entrepreneur runs into, if you're trying to scale up your teams, you run into that. That's normal. Um, I think, and this is something I've learned along the way. But what I've done is I always try to find those next people that I need to go meet and learn. And I go in with my list of questions. Like I had lunch last, last week uh, with a CEO of a very prominent company in the area. And I just reach out to them and say, look, I am here. I want to, sometimes I don't, I'm not even sure where I want to go next. Could you guide me? And I've had meetings after meetings in those things and they give me the next steps. A lot of times they tell me, hey, this is what I did that changed my life or this is something to stay away from. And that is something I think that I've, um, I'm never going to give up I, because it, 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 it takes care of that piece of like genuinely connecting with people, but also, and I'm also finding places where I'm able to give back because I've, you know, I think over the years as you gain, gain experience, uh, uh, you know, I don't think I can say I'm wise by any means, but I've learned a lot. Um, and I think there are places where I'm not able to give back where, you know, somebody called me on Friday, a student at Regent and said, yeah, hey, you know, I have this app idea. Would you guide? And like taking the 30 minutes and just showing them what I now know is beautiful. It's, it's, I think it's very, there is no, it's, I could just, you know, fulfilling, but it's, it's hard to explain it in really words, you know, what, when you go through that. So I hope, I think it's a longer answer to your question. No, that's perfect. Uh, did you ever have any mentors or did you ever, do you have any, I know you speak to the CEOs and, you know, yeah. business community, but anyone that you kind of bounce ideas off of? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I've had a lot of them. Uh, I don't have a consistent mentor that I meet, uh, you know, every week or every month. Don't have really a coach of any means. I kind of have been uh, always looking at, at this juncture and somehow people just show up and you know, but the good thing is I ask. If you don't ask, that opportunity just passes by and you don't have time, right? That's true. Even you and I, you know, we've known each other for many years. Um, Any time I know if I called upon you and said, hey, I need help with this, we have a connection that you would, you would take that time to, and I would do the same. And that's what we've done over the years with the relationships we've built. But the first mentor, I would say, you know, again, from what, what my parents did for me and the, the values they cultivated from that tutor that started the initial things to I think the biggest impact on the business side and the entrepreneurial side, the discussions I've had with my wife. 
Yep. And so she's actually started her own business in 2018. And she's a successful entrepreneur. She's started her own, it's called One Space Design Studio. And so we've had actually had projects now where TechArc is building the websites or the software for a, for a client. And she's building, she's doing the restaurant design for the same client. So we're working on some similar, same, same projects. She has many projects of her own. Love that. Uh, but it's been a great uh, journey where, uh, you know, I've, uh, her instincts, because I would, you know, I'm trained in logic. I would spend hours and hours thinking of zeros and ones and like, you know, is it right or wrong? And she would solve that in a, in a split second. She would say, look, do this. And like, you didn't even think about it. And the answer <laughs> would be, look, a decision can, you can, you can make as much time to think about it, but you really don't know for certainty, is it right or wrong? You just have to be okay with the consequences. Mm. You just have to have the risk appetite to make that call and go for it. I like right? it. I like and so that. Um, those type of nuggets, when you get, you just have to make sure you're listening for those nuggets. And so starting from her to surrounding myself with all these entrepreneurs or all these people that I reach out and meet, even the two people in my team, everybody, you know, you, you listen for these nuggets. You just then have to make it part of your psyche to say, okay, I have to work on it. This is, and you, there are challenges, you know, you don't always keep up with it, but it makes you a better person in the long run. Yeah. And uh, so I would say I don't have a specific mentor, but I have a string of them and I'm constantly building that network of mentors um, because you, and, and you know, you know, it's different as you grow and as you build and at, it may be where I start other businesses in the future, there will be a different set of things you need. Like how do you manage multiple businesses? You know, how do you, so there, there are different things that go along as you, as the journey goes on. Well, why don't you plug maybe some of the services that you actually do, like What's that, what's your core focus for TechArc, and uh, maybe talk about what clients should do, like if they want to uh, prepare to work best with you, like in the sweet spot. Like, how should they be organized when they come to you? Like, what type of things do they, you know, what type of data room or Asana or yeah. you know, uh, any 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 uh, any project management type preparation? Like, maybe just walk through a, a scenario like that. Yeah. So uh, TechArc is a group of innovators. We believe in helping businesses with technology and marketing. That's our mission. And the way we have focused on it is really started on the Hampton Roads market in our backyard. So we are, our office is in Norfolk. We bought this building about four years ago. As we built the team, again and again, we see business owners coming with similar, similar problems. Trying to grow their marketing, you know, to generate really their online presence and trying to create their costs, uh, cut their costs, sorry, by increasing productivity and leveraging technology. So if you see marketing on the front end and technology on the operation side on the back end. So any business, you take any business, give me an hour with them, right? So we typically don't need a lot of homework to be done by the business owner. They, they know their problems. And they're in business, it's typically around cash, strategy, execution, or people. Those are typically the four things. It's always revolves around those things. And so we meet business owners. Now we have experience working with all sorts of industries from medical spas to legal to finance, all sorts of clients. But when they come, we, the area where we fit in the best, so on the marketing front, we can help you with your branding, really create a very good brand. We have designers in the team that can create very good looking presence. And then we boost it by high performance websites. So we're not just a typical web designer. We're engineers, we are innovators. 
the websites, so we built websites for very big companies or organizations like Hinton Roads Transit, Norfolk Redevelopment Housing Authority, NRHA, uh, Dominion Enterprises, a lot of bigger customers, but we've also done work for many, many small businesses, hundreds of small businesses. So restaurant owners like Captain George's, El Giardino, uh, Chicho's, plastic surgeons, to lawyers, to all, all sorts of e-commerce clients, they are looking to grow their presence. We can help them with the branding, their websites, and support. So the team works 24 hours a day because of my team in US and India. The way we are able to support them is second to none. Okay, nobody can come close to us in this area. And I'm not arrogant about it. I, we just have worked very hard to build that. On the software front, so on the, on the production side, look back at your business. If you're using Excel to do certain things, there are better ways to doing it. If you're constantly in the loop and you cannot, you're getting hundreds of emails a day, you're not able to manage your projects, you're not able to find that time, that's where we create efficiencies. There is typically repetitive tasks that go on in any business and it always just takes somebody else to come in and say, hey, you could be doing this differently. There are all these technologies that are available to you. Okay, be the cloud or be the mobile or be the watch on your hand. There are so many better ways. What I found is business owners, they just need to have a forward thinking mindset. As long as they're looking to beat the competition, to create an edge, to leverage technology and marketing, yeah, there is a cost to it. We are not the cheapest, but we can guide the business owner forward with those two areas, marketing and technology. And so on the technology front, we build software apps. Uh, we build iOS apps, so iPhone, Android apps. Uh, we can build cloud apps. Uh, and what that means, so a lot of people say, what, how does it relate to my business, right? Even a simple, let's say an example of a yoga studio. You could be doing scheduling for your spots, you know, for your scheduling, and there could be a scheduling app. So you don't have to take phone calls, right? Google and Alexa's of the world, they're changing things to where you can open up your schedule for your shop, where people can just schedule an appointment using a voice assistant. And that takes care of a receptionist where the receptionist can now focus on some other aspects of the business. I like that. And the business owner. So I just give you an example on the spot. Yeah, right? I like that. And um, how do you collect payments online? How do you generate recurring revenue? How do you generate, take care of customer service? How do you generate reviews? So it's just a simple example of a yoga studio. There are all these things that the business owner struggles with and spends time in slogs where you can leverage technology and then create a marketing front end to say, hey, this is the best website, mobile friendly, has a great brand. Here's the purpose that we're after. And it all makes sense at that point where, you know, you make a little bit, it's an investment, but it pays off. It, there's an ROI to it. And that's really our communication and, and typically our conversation with these businesses we work with. That's why I think TechArc has been so successful. Love that. Well, this has been great. I mean, you've touched on your kind of history, how you got here, what are you doing today? Um, you know, maybe we'll uh, kind of talk about 2020 and, and we'll wrap up. What are you most excited about this year? Is it, it could be a project, it could be um, hires, new hires you have, um, it could be a, you know events or professional development, things that you're doing. Um, maybe you can touch on uh, you know, some of the things you're looking forward to. Yeah, so uh, 2020 is very exciting. Uh, I think uh, as a business, every year we've been successful, we've grown the business, uh, and we've built a very good team. You know, every year the team gets stronger. And so one part of excitement is that, that going back to that concept of time, I have, I think in the last two years of time, the generation of that time, you know, I've kind of come to a place where um, my team is, they are hiring people. They are figuring out where there are weak spots. There's a strong culture established at TechArc. 
that is driving our growth forward, where I don't have to be in meetings, but my, I know I have trust that my team will do a good job. And so I'm very excited that because of the hundreds of customers we've added and the, and the support we have from these customers, work is just lining up, okay? And I don't say it to make it sound very easy. Businesses, you know, it depends on the day, it's hard. But it, it gets easier over time as you do good work, yep. you deliver, you deliver consistently. And then those customers, so we have existing customers that keep coming back for more. So we have customers like WM Jordan, big companies, okay? Um, ECPI University is a client of ours. Old Dominion University, my alma mater is a client of ours. Go Monarchs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so we have existing clients that keep coming for more. And then we have new prospects lining up. We almost have it at a place where we have to pick and choose. We, we can find a good fit. If it is not something that we would do a great job at, or if it's not a good fit in terms of, you know, of innovation or that forward thinking mindset on the other side, then we would say no. And that I think is a really, really good place to be, I feel, where we are not just trying to create numbers. The team is not driven by, like we don't have a specific goal to hit every quarter. I do have a goal. I know where the business needs to be, but my team needs to focus on delivery. So they just need to focus on our goals for them are different to make sure the project launches in the timelines we're saying it will launch. The quality needs to be a certain quality that we want. So those are the goals that they're focused on. And my hats are to make sure, okay, you know, the business, because again, at the end of the day, it's a for-profit business. Uh, then only we can make the impacts on what we're able to do in the community and, and to our teams and personally myself. And I think this year I have, um, I have that time to work on it. So the next three years, the five years, the next 10 years, this is a platform here for us to build that next chapter. Love that. Where can the listeners connect with you if they want to find out more or if they want to uh, you know, be in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the number one place would be LinkedIn. And uh, if you search, uh, the good part is, you know, I don't have a very common name. <laughs> so you can, if you search for TechArk, T-E-C-H-A-R-K, TechArk, or just my first name, you'll find me, I think, pretty easily. And uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, absolutely happy to get on a quick call. Uh, if it means, uh, you know, that leads to further discussions and in-person meetings, happy to do that. Awesome. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely.